So as we like to on uh, Friday Eve, we want to help you plan your weekend by uh, checking out what's going to be coming to both your streaming services and to the multiplex near you. We welcome in from the Detroit News film critic Adam Graham. Adam, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, we have been awaiting this blockbuster since Dune 1 debuted back, what, it was almost three years ago now. Yeah, Um, September 2021, when we were deep in the pandemic. Yeah, which was not exactly a time we all wanted to cluster in one place. Um, Exactly. We weren't even really going to the movies then. This this was a movie that premiered on Max, and it, it was... I think there were some theatrical showings, but we weren't. It wasn't until Maverick, it wasn't until Top Gun Two that we really started going back to the movies in large numbers. And it, at the time, it, I mean, it was kind of. I mean, look, the, the book it makes for a great doorstop. I mean, it's a huge book, and they were nine hundred pages. I know, and you know, they're trying to pack all of that into uh, at least the first film, and got us a start. It was kind of a clunky movie. Um, it was. In terms of Dune 2, does it move a little quicker, and is it a little bit more user-friendly for those of us that maybe are not huge science fiction fans? And, and that would be me as well. And, and I came to Dune on the first one um, pretty cold. I had never even – I had never seen – I had never read the book. I had never even seen David Lynch's 1984 version. And I was just kind of mystified that like, this is the blockbuster that you're giving us. This is the thing that you've been hyping and hyping. And I think that part one did a lot of the kind of work of setting up and the payoffs come here in Dune part two. It's the first blockbuster of 2024. It feels like a blockbuster. It's got this kind of big epic feel to it. And it's just got more of, of the characteristics that we think of when we think of blockbuster filmmaking, like a good guy and a bad guy and kind of like a more linear story. And it just, it presses those buttons that you need pressed. Um, Timothy Chalamet and Austin Butler are the stars here, the good guy and the bad guy. And Austin Butler, who was in Elvis a couple of years ago, um, is, is a rock star of a, of a villain in this thing. He looks menacing, he acts cold, and he kind of brings the energy that that first one was missing. This new one, and again, not a, didn't read the book. Um, I finally did see David Lynch's version a couple of weeks ago, and it's totally mystifying for other reasons. But this is a movie that I, it, while there's still a barrier to entry because it is deep geek state like sci-fi stuff, this is something that that people can watch and get something out of even without having done the homework on on Dune Part 1. It's a big movie, and it feels big, and it feels fun. We should point out, Dune 1 is on Netflix, but the last day is today. So if you wanted wanted to tee it up, um, best to not drag your feet. Yeah, I think you answered my question, though, uh, Adam, is that could I just watch this? uh, Could I just watch Dune Part 2 and not have to watch Do the work, Lloyd. I can do the work. I can do the work, but I'm just saying, you know, for those who who haven't seen it, can I just, you know, check it out uh, when it comes out tomorrow and and be okay? You can, you can do that. You're going to be a little bit confused, and I was even a little bit confused watching this one because this this is a two hour and forty six minute movie. This movie is enough for two movies, and there's so many different characters. There's like I think seven. Oscar nominees in this movie um, in, a, in a cast of, you know, two dozen characters that unfolds across several different planets in some other galaxy where the controlling factor of the universe is this substance called spice. 
And the first movie kind of set up this world of spice and the importance and, you know, spice. And it just seems all kind of like silly. Um, this one, it helps to know that stuff. And you might still even be confused within this one, but there are like tropes that you can pick up on in this where you can just have a good time while still being slightly confused and kind of walking away being like, Oh man, that's a lot of movies because <laughs> yeah. it is, I mean, two hours and 46 minutes, uh, you know, playing your bathroom breaks, uh, figure out your snack situation accordingly. Boy, that is a tall order. Um, <laughs> so if we want something a little bit lighter, maybe a lot lighter, uh, Adam Sandler has a new movie out. Yeah. And, and you know, I want to say that this is light Adam Sandler material, but this is Sandler as maybe dramatic as we've ever seen him. Really? And, Yes, he plays an he plays a cosmonaut. He's a he's a Czech cosmonaut who is alone in space, kind of drifting and and wondering about his 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 life down on Earth. He has a wife played by Carrie Mulligan, and she's getting ready to leave him. And he's up there in some sort of like existential state, wondering about it all. This movie's called Space Man. It starts on Netflix tomorrow, and it's a um. Let's just say it's a gigantic slog. <laughs> it might be the most inaccessible uh, movie that Adam Sandler has ever done. And because it's Adam Sandler, you're kind of just waiting for him to start like this. And he never does that. And you kind of wish that he would because his passenger on board this, this spacecraft where he's floating through the stars is a gigantic spider. And him and the spider become friends. I mean, this is, this is adapted from a, a, a Czech book that was that came out maybe five or six years ago, and it it's just kind of it's it's mystifying in in ways that we're not used to from our beloved Adam Sandler, who is always you know he'll he'll ground us he'll yeah. he'll make us laugh he'll yeah. he'll save the day he's he's not necessarily doing that here. I gotta uh, say it, though, it, the times when I've seen him do something dramatic, it's been refreshing. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he has some pretty good chops. I, I, I'm a huge Sandler fan. I have been forever. Um, and, and those, those, those glimpses into that other, that other Sandler that he's given us, Punch Drunk Love, Uncut Gems, have been successful. This one is, is, is one where it doesn't quite come together, and it's kind of confusing. I, I think so, – so on Netflix, you know, you have your kind of um, – your playthrough rates, uh, people who, who go through the entire movie – I have a feeling that most anybody who watched a lot of people that watch this thing are going to drop out. It's just, do they drop out at the, at the, at the hour mark? Mm. Do they, do they drop out the, at the hour 20 mark? It's just a tough one to get through. The, the good thing is I, I, it's my job to get through these things. Yeah. Otherwise, if, if I wasn't so dedicated to my work, I would have dropped out easily um, at, at numerous points in this thing. So Adam Graham taking one for the point. team. Uh, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm out here for the people. Adam, uh, you know, I, I got grandkids, and, and the kids are going to be uh, looking forward to the uh, Kung Fu Panda franchise. Everyone is, right? I, yeah. I feel like for whatever reason, uh, I think the last Kung Fu Panda was before the pandemic. And I think that um, there, there might be like a new generation of kids that are coming up that have seen the trailers that have seen the posters and they're wondering like, Hey, what's this Kung Fu Panda all about? Uh, in addition to the people that have grown up with it, that are, are, are welcoming, you know, the return of Jack Black in this franchise. I think this is going to be a big hit. It hits theaters. Uh, I believe next Friday, March 8th. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, people are ready for the return of the Kung Fu Panda. This is the world we live in. Uh, the fourth Kung Fu Panda adventure. I haven't seen it yet. I think I see it. I might see it Saturday. I might see it Tuesday. I got to check my calendar. All right. And are there any hidden gems out there, streaming or otherwise, that uh, might be overlooked that we should consider? Oh, God, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah, I can am. You, can you, um, can you, can because you, you're uh, captain of the team. And we... <laughs> Um, it, it, it's been a tough, it's been a tough, we're in a, 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 a tough point of the year, um, where it, it's before the Oscars, all the kind of things from the past year that didn't come out are, are kind of coming in. There's one, there's one that I kind of like, and it's in theaters right now. And I didn't know anything about it until I, it was already in theaters. Um, it's called the land of bad. It stars, uh, Luke Hemsworth, who's not Thor, the Thor's brother and Russell Crowe. And it's a war movie. And the Hemsworth brother is kind of lost in the Philippine jungle. And he's, he's, he's talking to a drone pilot who's stationed back in the U.S., who's stationed in Vegas. He's played by Russell Crowe. And um, Russell Crowe's character is able to track him through wow. and, and help him find safety. And this is Russell Crowe. And you, you, Russell Crowe has kind of been on the sidelines for the yeah. last, I don't know, 10 yeah. years. You, you don't okay. see him doing a lot of things. And the title again is? It's called Land of Bad. All right. It's, it's in theaters now. It's on DVD and stuff in a, in a couple of weeks. It's worth it. Perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. Love a good war movie. Thanks so much.